This is Pete Moore wanted to officially announce the release of Time to Win Again, 52 Takeaways from Team Sports to Ensure Your Business Success. I wrote this book over the last year. I think you're going to love it. Good to Great meets Where's Waldo. Pick them up for your team. Time to win in 2022. Happy to come to your club, your studio, your company, and talk about ways we can optimize business and win going forward. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have returning for his second podcast straight from the San Francisco area. Used to be an entrepreneur. Now he is part of a larger entity because he built something that's pretty awesome. So we got Robert Jackson, Fitness BI slash ABC Fitness. Good to see you back. Good to be back. Good to be back, Pete. Awesome. So when we first did our podcast, we were talking about the need for reporting and data, and you were kind of just in you know, the early stages of getting people onboarded. So tell us what happened um, since the last time we spoke, how that kind of ramped up and what the, uh, you know, what the reason was to do a deal with ABC and how that, that deal's playing out. Right, right. Well, last time we spoke was 2019, right? Yep. Before the, you know, the, the pandemic and everything that happened there. So I think that March 2020 was the first time I had a break where all of our CFOs, were either on freeze, on hold, or had been let go, right? right. So I got a, a month where it was literally quiet for the first time in probably 12 years for me, 15 years. Uh-huh. And uh, it, it really made me think about, you know, burning the candle at both ends. And first you were, time I got man. to see you my were doing kids. Like two, yeah, and you were running two companies like that, in parallel at the same time right. with that's Forma right. Gym as well. That's right. And, you know, Forma Gym took up a very small amount of my time because I made some great hires there. Yeah, yeah. But Your dad, uh, no? Well, yeah, and, yeah, and Ralph Raj is, is yeah, another yeah. guy that we, yep, we brought I on. Remember. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, burning the candle at both ends from customers calling all the time. You know, B2B SaaS business took me by complete surprise. Like yeah. the, the club business, we're trying to fill up the club as much as we can, right? It's never a question of, you know, I've got too many customers. I've got too much growth. It's a matter of let's fill up as much as we possibly can and let's right. get that marketing completely and, and, and different there are four, problems. And there are four, four walls to it and it's somewhat controllable, right? Yes, Software's exactly. not supposed to be controllable. No, and I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, the huge difference is, you know, for club owners out there, imagine that one of your members compro- composes 25% of your business, right? Right, right. And that member, if he complains, are you really going to just kick him out? You know, so it changes the ballgame significantly. Interesting. And uh, I, I, B2B software as a service, uh, it's it's a different different ball game. Took me by surprise. I made sure you know, two years in, the first two years were definitely ramping, massive growth. COVID hit, got a little bit slow, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to know about their data right. because because they have time to think actually, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a break, so we got some yeah. of that break. Okay, let's work on our reporting. Yep. And fortunately, we had good clients that were mo- mostly private equity backed that right. could afford Huge. to keep it up and running, yep. but. At the same time, a lot of the other enterprise companies that hadn't had a solution before, people like Blink Fitness, people like Planet Fitness, some of their franchisees there, said it was a good time for them to implement a solution like this. And data changed drastically in a month or two. The questions that people wanted to ask Mm, changed. Everything changed. Instead of knowing how many joins we had, they want to know how many joins came back 
post-COVID? How many people are exercising post-COVID? Who are the people that are not exercising? Can we target that specific demographic? Right. You know, so we did a lot of work across a lot of different companies and trying to figure out who these people are that haven't come back to the gym that they can target and what the reasons that they're not coming back for were. Right. So it's, it, it changed the game drastically. It freezes, you know, people on hold. And the result of that is that our business really ramped up significantly. We got some really good clients, let's say, in, you know, that leading up to the acquisition. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got approached by a few different software vendors and ultimately ABC's vision of what they're accomplishing and wanted to bring to the industry is what sold me. Yeah. You know, I'm a kind of guy that what I want to do is bring lasting change and make an impact. You know, we yeah. all want to make an impact. I'm at the point in my life where I want to yeah. build something cool that makes built, an impact. You built Fitness BI based on your own like personal frustrations at the time, right? Oh, yeah, so it's kind right. of like any really strong software company is kind of like taking what's in your brain, turning it into code and saying like, okay, I solved my own problem. I know everybody else has the same problem. That's Let right. me go after That's it. That's right, yeah. So I launched Fitness BI at Ursa uh, the, and I, I built it with a hundred thousand bucks, right? Yeah, Fifty thousand yeah. went into I was marketing. In your conference room, I remember. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think I had my dad in the background, like populating Excel reports to say, "Okay, hey, look, the data just changed and it's refreshed." I think Check my it dad out. could do that. I'm not sure what my mom was ready for, <laughs> for the Excel. She's still trying to figure out how to use an ATM <laughs> machine. I love her to death, but <laughs> kind of old school, right? Right. So, so you know, fast forward here, you get approached by a couple groups, decide to, to enter into a deal. There Took weren't a long that time. many. Yeah. Took, took five months. Maybe, yeah. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't as quick as I thought it would be. I mean, the due diligence mm -hmm. that Tom Bravo does is no joke. I mean, right. they, I've always heard that from my other buddies in in the equity space that you know if, if you want uh, going through the due diligence process will make your company way better because you get to understand what actual private yeah. companies are. That's looking what a for. lot of people say when we're yeah. when we're going through the front end of putting a book together on on selling a business and you start asking questions. I remember Brad Nesty. Love that guy to death. Um, you know, he had 17 clubs, and I had my head analyst, who was now as a principal, working on the deal. And he would send back Brad, you know, these reports of like slicing the data, looking at the KPIs. And Brad's like, said to me one day, he's like, man, I understand this business so much better than I did before you guys got involved because I'm looking at it differently. My, right. Maybe I don't want to sell it. Right, I'm right. like, let's stick to the path. Let's get this deal done. Yep, we got yep. it done. If, you, if I knew now what I, what, before, this acquisition, how, what, what people would value out of yeah, my business. It's really like, interesting. It would drive valuation. I mean, hands down. So like having a guy like you, having, having, having Halo, I mean, that's, that's the, if I could say like one huge benefit from engaging early yeah. is understanding what these guys are going to value your software business on yep. and how can I drive more revenue to those areas and focus if that is your ultimate end goal. Because if your ultimate end goal is to like be as profitable as possible, that's great. Run a freaking right. great business. Uh -huh. Do it the way you want to do it. If your ultimate goal is to exit, you got to consider these things because ultimately we're all looking for a bigger exit. And if you yeah. got to know what the values are and, and play to your strengths. You know? Yeah, I mean, especially when you're dealing with companies that are, for our audience here, you know, you're dealing with companies that are valued on a multiple of revenue. And that right. SaaS monthly is is basically like the lifeblood of the valuation. Yeah. And, you know, you could say when you start the company, you could say, hey, I'm going to do this as a SaaS model. And that's easy. But there are certain companies that try to create a SaaS model, but it's just not a SaaS business. Right. And, you know, they try and shoehorn it in. And then when somebody like an ABC or Dasco or somebody else looks at it, they're like, hey, guys, like this, there's not really any recurring revenue here. It's like a transaction business. And yeah, you gotta that's right. And, and I mean, also... 
who are the customers, right? Like, like as a SaaS business, you could load up a bunch of customers, a lot of small customers, yeah. enterprise customers, midsize. For us, we had to come to have the, a real come to Jesus and say, what is it that we want to focus on that's going to bring the highest value to our organization right. for the long-term picture, but also for the post-acquisition, you know, the, the pre-acquisition picture. And customers that we had made the biggest difference in valuation. Right. Because if it's just a, a one-off clubs, even if the revenue was four or five times higher, we still wouldn't have that value. It's, it's the yeah. idea that we had big name brands because those big name brands bring a lot of revenue without a lot of hassle. And also they brought a lot of value intrinsically to the other organizations that wanted to buy us. Sure, so, sure. you know, it, it was, we were unique in that aspect. Very, very unique. Yeah. So when you think about, and I'm sure this was kind of part of the diligence and we've done a lot of software deals. I looked at a lot of software deals like, hey, this is an awesome SaaS business but it's not mission critical. Right. Like you go through the usage data, like, hey, these guys haven't logged in. That means it's like these guys can be replaced, so they might turn it off at some point. So right. how was the, you know, this explosion of like, hey, I want to look at the data so you can basically oh show God. them like, yeah. hey, guys, these guys are logging in every day. That I'm mission critical now. This isn't like a, 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 a nice to have. This is like I am like part of their decision-making I mean, I, I, process, right? Yeah, I mean, like, in general, due diligence get ready to like take down your pants and be exposed oh, on yeah. everything. If people. the company's right, if yeah. they're truly interested, yeah. they're yeah. going to do their homework. And you know, it's, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been like, Whoa, is this what I'm really going to be giving up? You yeah. better be ready to make a decision because you're going to give up a lot on your business and be ready to expose everything. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, this happened for us kind of fast. So I, I probably wasn't as prepared as I should have been, mm -hmm. uh, you know, working with you in the past helped us prepare a little yeah. bit more than but what look, we were. You got, but look, you got it done. That was awesome. That and was it. You know, you get it done, got it through the hump, you know, mm -hmm. took three months of due diligence, but at the end we came out good. Yeah. And, and at the end, we were kind of a unique situation. We had a good customer base. They right. already knew our customers. They had already known that they were using us. You know, there, there was a lot inherently that yeah. all these companies knew. Just for the, the listeners here to kind of like get into your psyche um uh, uh, like this will be somewhat of a loaded question so pick whichever one you want sure. you know one is abc daxco mind body those groups don't like come around every three months like they come around they want to do a deal and if they, you don't want to do a deal when they want to do a deal there might not be a deal in the future and they might go crickets right. on yeah, you right true. or they might find something else right or they might build it themselves so one is and one of the chapters in the book is the the, the, the analogy of like take the points. Yeah. You know, if you're in the I red zone, to, yeah. like just take the points because the work that you're talking about, the five months or three months of diligence, like they've got to have people and they got to be focused and they can't do five deals at a time. So exactly. if you're the deal, like it, it's all hands on board. That is such a good point. And I probably didn't have that advice early on. And I would have loved that advice early on because, yeah. you know, but you got it done. It doesn't I mean, come around. Yeah. Yeah. But we had some opportunities early on too. And we didn't right. get those ones done because we held out. And I, 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 I believe that it was a right decision to yeah. hold out. We I think got you're a in a good value. place right now. That's oh, for yeah. sure. We're in a great place right yeah, now. Yeah. We had a great deal. We had a great exit. I mean, we returned massive value to, to me and my partner. That's great. Um, so it was overall, it was a great deal. I think we got a little lucky during the time with some key customers that yep. kind of drove our valuation up. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, no, you know, it, it wouldn't have gone that high. But at the right. end of the day, we built a product that people needed and the, the management companies and furthermore, all of their clients saw the value in it. Yeah, so, sure. And then, and then to kind of touch on another point, if you said, hey, I'm just gonna go this alone, 
All right, I'm going to keep this as like the, uh, you know, the Jackson family right. SaaS business and I'm going to hold this. You know, what kind of pressures, and you kind of talked a little bit about this, but like what kind of pressures were put on you? And I used to run a software company and it's like always wet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like the code's never done. Like there's somebody yeah. else who's got something else and you're like on this vicious cycle of like up updates all the time yep. like was it somewhat of a relief when it's like hey now i actually got a, like a i got a bone you know the backbones of like a yeah. 500 billion dollar business that's going right. to help me get through this because that that's not easy to do oh absolutely and i mean we were approached by several different companies and i won't say like who yeah, or yeah, what don't, don't. but uh some of the concepts were hey we'll buy you you run it you know so basically, we'll just I'm, leave you alone. Yeah, just yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> it's not like we're going to increase the budget a whole heck of a lot because they're buying based on value and driving yeah. revenue without you know that much ex additional extra spend. That those concepts, even at like you know, ten years of of payout, didn't make sense to me because it's not what I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, I'm sure, still going to sure. be having the same headaches every day, the same burning the candle at both ends every yeah. day. A company like ABC and the vision that we have there is to create a fully integrated solution. And that's what they're doing. They're buying these companies and truly integrating them, which means that I've got people taking care of DevOps. I've got, you know, security. You've got people that are taking care of all our cloud spend, yeah. you know, and, and you're, obviously you're, you're, payroll. And you're an entrepreneur and you're like, okay, shit, I got to learn how to do this like oh, yeah. yesterday, right? Yep. And then you're like, yep. okay, these guys actually do this for a living? Like, that's yep. what, I like that. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. And, you know, it, it created a lot of value for me personally. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they, they made it worth our time to, 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 to be here and see the future of the product. I mean, Bill yeah. really set a clear vision for what, and Bill and, and Ryan Packard, the chief product officer there, set a great vision for the strategy of what we're trying to accomplish in the next three, five years. And I'm on board. I was I was fully on board. So at the end of the day, they, all the prices came in very similar. Uh -huh. it, and it was kind of weird how that happened, but all uh -huh. of them came up to what we wanted. ABC just did a much better job of winning me over personally, yeah. right? They were more invested into it. There's definitely an art to getting that entrepreneur to do a deal with you and, and the, the level right. of trust and you know obviously got a lot of brand equity um but i was working with a friend of mine from business school and he had um he just did a deal he's got a strategic consulting business not in the halo sector but he had four private equity groups you know basically bid around the same value within like three to five million bucks right and one of the groups out of la that did the deal they made like a seven minute uh youtube video where they were like in a park and they were like, had signs up being like, Hey, we really want to do this deal with you guys. Like <laughs> we're awesome. really your partners. Yeah. Like here's my personal background. And that seven minute video, they won the deal. Yeah. That, that's what it takes. I mean, it. you know, we all want to sell to something. Like if you're going to myself, I haven't yeah. had a job where I worked for somebody since I was 23 years old. So right? you get a paycheck every two weeks now. Uh, that yeah, must that's, be bizarre. That's weird. I don't even see it. It just goes in the bank account. And it just, you know, <laughs> Good for it, you. It's it's not what we're chasing, right? The pay, the paycheck yeah. is not but what we're chasing. Funny. The it's kind of funny know? now. You're like, oh, oh yeah, totally. I'm actually, I got a job. I like work for someone. You're like, yeah. probably vouch to yourself that that would never happen. Now, but it happens well, for a good reason. I have said stuff like that before in the past. <laughs> I right? know like, I have. Yeah, yeah, right. Like weekly. Like, until I never like, wanted to work for somebody. That's why I started my own business, right? Yeah, and stuff like that. Until a deal doesn't close, and I'm like, you know, it wouldn't be bad to get yeah. a paycheck every two weeks. Right. And like right. someone else fucking deal with the problems. And I mean, like. As long as the freedom is there to really build, like what, like again, I wanted to just build cool stuff. Like yeah. a lot of engineers, people that built software before, we yeah. want to build stuff that actually makes an impact. And the way that I saw it was, 
with the resources behind us and with the things that we're doing at ABC, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna build something that's gonna change the industry. Now, what happens with does the name Fitness BI live on? Does this become like the BI ABC BI? What, what's the plan on that? It, so we're trying to unify the whole platform because right. we don't want it to seem like so many different yeah, pieces different, within right. it and we just acquired them and now they're just operating separately so what is the benefit really to the customer i'm still paying for it i'm still you know so we're unifying everything underneath the abc ignite brand yeah. that that we launched at ursa this year and right. insights abc insights is the reporting platform that's available for free for all customers right oh, wow. of abc is that a freemium type customize of model? is if you need additional data uh, sources. Gotcha. You know, it was the classic Fitness BI. And in fact, at Ursa today, it's still Fitness BI because the brand recognition and selling to customers that are outside of ABC's fold. Got it. And then just one question on like the competitive dynamics. Are other companies that are on other billing systems still using Fitness BI? Yeah, they are. They and, are. and that's going to... I mean, we have great relationships with those customers and yeah. the customers are fortunately enterprise customers and you know, if you're an enterprise customer, you're going to get what you want, right? right and if right, you want to right. pick the best in class, including if you had ABC and you want to go use some other software right. to do but some That other is portion. a good thing about the industry. I think yeah. everyone understands, like, the customer's decision is the one that we're going to accommodate. Exactly. And they, they know that. And I, I haven't had any pushback. Nobody yeah. wants to be the guy that says, no, you can't use this. And then they lose the customer because of that. Let's let the industry pick the best of each right. thing and then integrate it. Yeah. You know, that's that's our... That, that's my personal philosophy, right? Gotcha. Yeah. And I, I think customers are becoming more and more in tune with that, and they, they want that ability to be able to pick the best in class. Gotcha. Right? So are you still running an office up in San Fran? Are you down yeah. in Dallas, Waco area, or what, what are you no, doing? No, I mean, the whole company's virtual, the whole company, oh, wow. right? So we have an office in Dallas, and right. a lot of our tech team is here. But with COVID, you know, yeah. we made there was a, just before my time, but they made a policy to be all virtual. Now, I tell you, uh, building culture in a virtual world somebody's gonna have to figure that out because yeah, no, that right. is not easy right like i'm a guy that's used to that's a billion dollar idea right there oh. it sounds like you've how do you do it though because know. you know maybe personal with, interaction like, those, uh, maybe with those microsoft team like avatars where you and i can like walk yeah, around put and put the be, virtual like, thing on i was thinking about that too right like just put it on and be in a virtual space mm -hmm. but i mean geez you know then uh, you gotta wear a headset all day bumping, yeah you probably be bumping into walls and like yes you would stepping on your dog or something Big let's let somebody else yeah. figure that yeah, out. Yeah, let's that's like an Apple thing and stuff yeah, like that, right? It's too much <laughs> for us right now, especially that we you're just on a podcast riffing. Probably shouldn't quit our day jobs to go and do that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, what are you spending your time, you know, head of this division within ABC yeah, right now? Yeah, Data Insights. So gotcha. I'm heading up all the all the data initiatives at ABC and building the, the future of, of our reporting platform that – is going to take over what we have existing today. So this is exciting, exciting stuff. That's awesome. So one of the things that we try and do, because we get a lot of data from different companies that um, I can compare, I, I like basically code everything, but I could say like, okay, a Planet Fitness does from their FDD, you know, 2 million of revenue, 698,000 of four, four wall EBITDA, X amount of square feet, two Amazing, square feet right? per member, right? All that kind of jazz. Yeah. Is there in your system right now, or is there going to be say like, okay, this is where you're at. Here's like your competitive index. Yeah. So we're actually building that across ABC. You know, traditionally we haven't it's done already been built, so I'm not going to get anything out of it. No, it is being. It okay, is being, fine. I'm just kidding, yeah. bro. <laughs> I see. Like, oh I yeah, see good idea. Saying. Yeah, we're building. Oh, oh yeah, it, we're, yeah, it. we're building that. It's already been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Benchmarking, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. we are doing some. We shared 
this year at Ursa, I think we shared for the first time industry-wide data, yeah. which was kind of cool to me. I got to be part of that, of, of figuring out what would be interesting about the whole network of two, 25 million members, yeah. what's going on in the last three months, six months, one year, you know, Amazing. across joins, cancels, freezes. So that's been, that, that was a really fun project, but we're going to start sharing more of that data at ABC. And then we have a benchmarking as part of our roadmap, mm-hmm. benchmarking across different segments, different customer types, different awesome. high price, low value. Or I feel low like that is value. really, you know, when people need to understand how they're really doing. Yeah. Like there's nothing better than be able to say, okay, give me like a real competitive set. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like, okay, this includes every planet fitness, every lifetime. Like that's not, I don't even know where I fit in on the KPIs on that. Exactly. Sense. You need, what we're working on is the platform needs to be able to take in data from the operator to say this is a 30,000 square foot location, low price, right. high value model in an urban city, right. you know, with a walkability score of X. And then what's my comparative to that exact thing right. over in California, in Georgia, in yeah. the same state, in the that's, same region? That, that's, I mean, that's like liquid gold as yeah. far as I'm yeah. concerned, just really. It gives you insights to how you're performing versus the others across check-ins, usage, you know, joins, yeah. uh, all, all of those things. We got a slide in, in, in one of the decks that we're working on right now on the software side. And um, we, we made it very clear that if private equity is like proliferating across the bricks and mortar and the enterprise side and the, the franchisor side, like these guys are just, they want data and they want to be able to cut it and they want to know what quartile I'm in. What do I need to focus on? And then kind of rely on you to say, hey, what, what should I focus on and what matters? That's right. I feel like you guys That's are right. becoming almost like a, uh, a business decision tool in addition to collecting right. my money. And- I mean, the idea behind Fitness BI was build a platform that all operators can contribute to. And based on those contributions of building out what they want to see, yeah. we pick the best and best practices and give somebody a full playbook. I mean, that was my whole business model, right? Right, right, right. Get somebody up and running in a BI solution that's built off of the best operators in the world. Sure. You're going to get their playbooks, yeah. right? And it, it works really well. Some operators don't want to have the playbook ready to go. They they know what they want. But I tell you what, private equity, they love I'm going to tell you, 70% no. of our clients were private equity owned. Yeah. And it used to be zero. Right. And all of a sudden, Planet just starts getting bought up by all these private equity firms. Uh-huh. All the franchisees are getting taken. It's now so it's interesting. All private equity. Yeah, it's so interesting because you know I, I, I used to sell software in this industry from 2000 to 2003, and I used to get like 50, 100 bucks a month per club, no matter yeah. what I provided. Right. Didn't matter. Like 100 bucks, that's the most I'm paying for anything technology right. related. And then you get these private equity guys, and they're like, okay, so hold on. So I can get all this for like 300 bucks, whatever, like some crazy number. And then they got yeah. some auto dealership company, or they got some other company where they're paying like Domo. You know, yeah. ninety grand a year or something. Yeah, that's to right. To run like that's crystal right. reports. Right. You know. Yeah, that prices amaze you, and you know why they're expensive. I know why they're expensive because that's what we do. But, you know, so private equity had a huge influence on us. I mean, yeah, huge. Well, I've got great. customers that when they got bought, as soon as they got bought, all of a sudden they up our professional services arm by four x. Right. Like we need three people on our team full time to produce all of this yeah. data that we yeah. want all the time. And the data needs just became so much more. So, and I, and I know. think also just, just to, to close out this one point, yeah. you being able to provide that almost like allows them to 
get these decisions and get this analysis without having to have like a quote unquote data scientist that doesn't come from the fitness industry. So it doesn't really understand the business. Yeah. Most of these guys have a data scientist in house that's working on like 20 different businesses. So it's, he he pays attention to it. He'll provide some ideas, but it's hard to implement with a guy that, you know, well, I'm hoping that the data scientist in our industry at these companies turns into what a CFO usually does is like interpret the numbers. Don't just like, deliver them. Yeah, like, I want to know what it what's means. Interesting about yeah, this. what does it yep. mean? What do I do next? What are the trends that are important and, and yeah. why? Like every private equity guy wants to know the answer why. That's right. And sometimes it's like, oh, we sold 110 memberships. You know, we were on track to sell 120 and they're like, what happened? Like, dude, yeah. well, I don't know if I can tell you what happened on 10 memberships, yeah, but exactly, I get exactly, it that you're right. asking the right question, right, but right, like right. shit happens. Right. You know? It's intuitive. Like the, we are building out that analysis intuitive side we have a tool that does some of that right like look at the data and then tell me what's interesting about it find influencers on a specific metric like i have cancellations what are the key influencers there oh well 26 to 34 had a 20 percent increase last year over this year it's automated in that way in fact but different organizations have different goals right like i could tell you net membership ad right your volume on joins your volume on cancels members staying longer and paying longer Managing those three things plus cost management, yep. and that's our whole business, right? Yeah. Ancillary yeah. service, paying longer, lifetime value, and net joins. But what does that all break down to? I mean, it's different for every organization because I could tell you private equity funds that are in high growth mode, they're more worried about site selection than anything else, right? right. If sure. they pick the right site, they got the model, they got, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They need site selection tools that allow them to say, this is a 90% chance that this site is going to be successful in the first mm-hmm. three months of presale. Yeah. You know, a, a guy that's not on a growth path needs better analysis around what's happening in the club. What's my attrition numbers? Why is it going down? Last month I had 100 cancels. Where did they come from? Are they people that were right. pre-COVID, post-COVID, linked to stay? You know, all those questions that you got to get to. Traditionally, we just have not had the tools in the industry to answer those. And that's what Fitness BI did awesome. for a lot of customers. That's and, great. But it took off and then... Yeah. You know? The one thing about site selection, I think I might have said this on yeah. one other podcast, but, you know, when you get a report from Buxton, it tells you, like, hey, there's 30 clubs you can build in Dallas. Right. They also sell that same report to, like, 10 people, and there's not yeah, 300 that's clubs, right. bro. That's right. That's <laughs> right. A, yeah. Like, just make sure you competitively adjust the yeah. numbers and don't go crazy. We've built some site selection tools based oh, off yeah. of, you know, existing data that these customers have. Like, if you have 15 clubs and you know the performance of those clubs, yeah. the key is, though, that did they have the data around those clubs? Did they track how much money they spent on the build-out? Did they know the exact sure, data of their pre-sale? Sure. Yeah. All these factors play in. Then Buxton gives us walkability scores, likelihood to be exactly like this other location. Gotcha. You know, and then we can do some really good site analysis. But it's never a perfect, you know, nobody ever knows yeah. the exact science to it. I mean, again, 90% would be great. It's more yeah. probably like 70%. So it mm-hmm. depends on the company, right? But yeah. everybody's got some dogs. The one everybody. thing that the one thing that um, that I've said a couple times over the last couple of weeks is no one's ever said to me, I got this great location. I got this shitty location. And it's right next to a Whole Foods. <laughs> That's yeah, true. Next to a Sprouse, next to a right. Trader Joe's. So right. if you don't want to do any work, go as close as you can to those guys in the same parking yeah, lot. They're, they're doing not it all. Higher fitness BI. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you 
piggyback, because I guarantee you, Whole Foods has a site selection tool that's probably pretty advanced, right? So it's a good idea. Just follow them, you know? Yeah, Yeah. I said that back in the day with like Brockway Moran. I'm like, hey, these guys at Home Depot, they got to have better tools than we do. Like, just follow them around. They got to know where the neighborhoods are. Exactly. Go in the same area, just make sure the parking's good. Exactly. Right. Whole Foods parking sucks. Well, the funny thing is, for people that haven't been in this industry for a while, there used to be prohibitions on health clubs in. Target and Home centers. Depot. I ran into that myself. Yeah, yeah, and they'd be like, no, we don't want these people taking up all the parking. Now they want us in there because we're bringing totally. all the traffic. Yeah, so there's nobody in there. Times have turned. Yeah. Times I mean, I, I dealt with that with, uh, with the shopping center we tried to do in Dublin, California. You know, yeah. It was going to be our third club, and the guy turned to us down and said, the other owners don't want to deal with the parking issue. And I'm like, parking issue? Now, two years parking later. Parking benefit, maybe? Traffic benefit? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> building was vacant. That building was vacant. Next door went vacant. Yeah. And the one across from it went vacant. All big box players, all yeah. long-term leases, right? All long-term leases. I mean, that it's cha- the real estate landscape is significantly changing. COVID threw that into hyper mode, right? Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some huge opportunities for real Great. estate growth. They're not going to last for long, but I don't think we've seen the end of it. I mean, I think there's like another shoe that's going to drop here over the next three to six months. I'm already getting inbound calls saying like, hey, my business is just not coming back right now. And I'm kind of, I'm tired. What are we going to do? I'm just tired. Yeah. You know? Well, think about it. I mean, I've gone through that myself. Like 10 years I spent building this business. Yeah. You know, we built a $10 million business in two clubs. It took a long time to do. Yeah. It's, it's hard yeah. to build that up. Yeah. And boom, overnight. I know. To wake up one day and it's like, what? We're closing? Yeah. What well, am I going to do? Oh, it's only two weeks. Right? Yeah. Thank, thank, thank God, God for it. Well, I can't imagine if I was only three or four years into the business, I would have closed. There's yeah. no way I could yeah. manage it. You know, because we had to have, you have that. Then thank God for the government and everything they did to step up. No, with the, the PPP, PPP. Like, I don't think people fully appreciate that oh, this God. economy would be like Armageddon right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, those businesses would have been closed. Yeah. And I mean, landlord, our landlord in San Jose, we don't own the building there, has been really, really great great to work with. I mean, they cool. didn't have much options though either. So yeah, yeah, sure. So in closing here, one, great to see you again, man. I'm really happy great about your success too. and I'm glad things worked out the way it did. And I'm glad you have a, a, a day job now and, <laughs> and, and you can spend some more time with your family. Um, give us one or two business quotes that, uh, you know, float your, uh, throw your, float your optimism. Yeah. So, uh, last week was at the Planet Fitness's Independent Fr- Franchise Council conference, and they had one of the best speakers that I've ever seen, Walter Bond. If you haven't checked him out, you got to go check oh, him out. Right but he, he said some cool, a great, he gave a great presentation, former NBA player, pumped me up so much. Walter, but he said two things. Walter Wal- Bond yep. said two things that really struck out to me. One was, do you have core values for your family? Like he grew up and his dad was part of the whole segregation movement, you know, fought for everything he could. And his dad's core value was, go get it, son. And his mom's core value was, son, just be sweet. You know, so contrasting views, but he built his whole life on that. On those two pillars. Yeah, I mean, and it made a huge difference, yeah. a huge difference. But, yeah. they, but they truly believed it and acted it every day because it's not about what you do or what you say, it's, it's about what you do. And, yeah. and he said one thing that really just hit me so hard. Some kids misbehave, you know, and they're rude and disrespectful. Some kids have just lost respect. Mm. So when you're giving all the orders, thinking about how disrespectful my kid is, they are looking straight in that rear view mirror when you're on your way to school, looking right back at you, seeing what actions you're taking in your daily life. Sure. And that is, uh, you know, it's something to, something to think about, man. If you want great kids, do you have core values yeah, for your family? Yeah, it up. We always talk about business, but 
Yeah, I'm with you. You know, it's important. So I loved that. It was it was awesome. He was a he gave a presentation on on, you know, being a shark. But the shark wasn't the way you thought about it. The shark was the big fish that gathers sucker fish around, lets them suck onto them, and takes them for a ride for where they could never go. Interesting. So it's cool. Great, great, uh, great conference. All right, man. Well, great to see you again. Let's uh, let's keep in touch. And um, I'm glad uh, that everything worked out. Thanks, man. Awesome, brother. Appreciate it. Good to see you.